Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles. I do want to share with you, though, something that's upcoming this year. 2024 is a special year here at our church. It is our, this June will be our church's 75th anniversary since the, when it was first planted here in a brush arbor about over here to my left by a young preacher, 19-year-old preacher named Brother Walter Meredith who heard the call of God to go drive until he would tell him where to stop. He came by a grove of cedar trees and he said, there I want you to build a brush arbor. And that was the beginning. And 75 years later, look what the Lord has done. Aren't you thankful for somebody, amen, that heard the voice of the Lord and responded? Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 8, very familiar story, but bear with me. I believe God wants to talk to all of us today. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great, everybody say a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all, everybody say all, Families of the earth be blessed. Stop there for just a moment. He had no idea when God first called him what all hinged on this, who all it was going to affect. To the fullness of the Bible says all families. This is a big deal. Amen. Oh, praise God. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was not so young. He was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance, and they had gathered in the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go to the land of Canaan. In the land of Canaan they came. I'm reading these extra verses for a purpose. And Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the plain of Mori, and the Canaan and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said to thy seed, will I give this land? And there, this is a response from Abram, there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there again he builded an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I know you have something planned for every life here today. You desire to speak deeply into our hearts. Lord, anoint us to be open-minded and open heart. God, that we can receive and respond to your word, that we won't take it lightly. But God, we'll understand as much as possible God, the importance of this message and what you're speaking to our lives. Help me today to deliver your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When you're in your prayer life, Amira Owens uh, has sickle cell and has been in and out of the hospital for months. Uh, 
she has a three-year-old daughter. So remember Amira, Amira Owens for a miracle in her life that was submitted by Sister Cheryl Gill. Somebody say praise the Lord. I want to preach this morning a call to become. A call to become. When we hear the term, the call of God, our mind normally goes to preaching, a pastor, an evangelist, or something of that sort. And so it scares people away. But a call of God is something that is special because it is beyond the natural. It is God in heaven saying, before you were born, I had a plan for your life. According to Jeremiah 1 and 5, we know that. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. And God had a plan for Jeremiah. Jeremiah is not the only one. And I want to just lay a foundation this morning that we can understand that none of us are exempt from the call of God. Amen. Because God has a purpose. And there's coming a time, and most likely it's already happened to some and to some areas of our life, if not everyone, that God realizes the time and he begins to make that call to every person to come out from where they're at and to follow him to what he wants them to become. That day that Abram heard the voice of God and said, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your kindred. And I want you to walk away. And I want you to follow me. He had no idea really where he was going, Brother Dylan. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us that he didn't even know where he was going. But he followed anyway. Because there's something about the call of God that we recognize there's a supernatural voice and that God is calling deep into our lives. He can do it speaking to us, dealing with us, drawing us. But that call of God is one of the most special moments of our life. But it's so vital and so critical that we would say, Lord, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how this thing's going to turn out, but I want to find out what you've got. And Abram had no idea what was going to transpire, but God gave him a promise. He said, come out, and I'm going to make of you a great nation, and I'm going to bless you. See, the call of God doesn't come only with requirements, but it comes with a promise. God will never call us that he doesn't have a wonderful plan. Hear me, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not here just trying to tickle the ear. I'm here to tell us a fact that when God calls us, he's got a wonderful plan. He wants to put together before we were ever conceived in the womb. We were in the mind of God and God allowed that conception to take place. Hello, somebody. And God says, I've got a plan what I want to do, what I want each person to become. And so when that call comes out, think about it. When you, you're in school, how many times were you asked by a teacher, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? I watched it here at TCM graduation of their, of their um, 
kindergartners this past year. And of course, you know how kids are. They, ever what the other one says, they want to be. So 80% of them want to be a police officer. I don't really know if they really want to be a police officer or they were just following suit of what the others. But some want to be a preacher, some want to be a nurse, some want to be this. And so they're talking futuristic. As you get older, when kids are getting ready or, or young adults are getting ready to graduate high school, one of the most common questions, what are you going to go to college for? What's your career going to be? But they don't always know, do they? Amen? I'm just using that as an example. You know, God already knows what he wants us to become. He already knows where he has our destiny chosen to be. And so, therefore, sometime and point in our life, God's going to send a call out. And he's going to begin to deal with our hearts. He's going to begin to put impressions in our mind. He's going to begin to uh, lighten things to our attention. And we're going to begin to feel things that we're uncomfortable with and that we're unsure of. And we just don't know that we could do that. And we feel like we're not qualified and we're not able to do it. So often we resist. But I want to tell somebody this morning, if you will just trust God. You don't have to have it figured out. He's not going to show you the ultimate plan. All he wants us to do is say, yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, I'll trust you. I know you've got something you want me to become. The question I pose to all of us today, what is it that God wants you to become? None of us know how life's going to end up. We, we don't know from, from now to the end what all is going to transpire. And the world has its own system that we can't control. And it's on a runaway train. But that's not the kingdom. God's got a plan for every one of us. And there's a call of God that is going out to each of us. And God says, if you will hear my call, if you will follow me, I will take you and you will become everything I want you to be. I'll carry you beyond your imagination. I'll take you beyond your dreams. I'll do more than you ever, ever imagined. And this is not a feel-good message. I've done seen too many that God done this in their life. You would look at them today and never imagine where they come from or when they were in that hour they would have never dreamed that they would be where they're at today and it all boils down and the journey begins with a call of God. I'm going to go ahead and tell somebody this morning there's calls of God that's been coming to your email if you will. There's calls of God that he's been knocking on your door. There's calls of God that he's woke you up in the midnight hour. There's calls of God that he's nudged your spirit and put things in your heart. There's calls of God of conviction. There's calls of God that's been going out. Brother brother uh, Kent, I, I didn't even know what I was going to preach before I went to bed last night. And I, I didn't know you was going to talk about the phone call. Come on. But God used someone to make the call. Hello? Sometimes God uses the preacher, a friend, a co-worker, another saint of God, an evangelist somewhere. But that call is going to go out because God said, I got something better than what you're doing right now. I've, there's more purpose to your life than what you understand right now. There is a supernatural plan for every one of us and God wants us to
walk in it. God wants us to trust him. We don't have to know where it's going to go. We just know we're going to follow God. Look at how much it changed Abraham's life by just following the call of God. Oh, hallelujah. It wasn't, I mean, just right afterwards, they faced a severe famine in the land of Egypt. Hello? They went into the land of Egypt. They faced that famine there. So it wasn't all easy. Come on. But he kept on following God. Because when the call of God comes out, Sister Dylan, we've got to follow him in the good times, in the hard times, in the times we got revelation, in the times we don't understand what's happening. We just know there's a call of God. And when that call is answered, we'll just follow. Clap your hands to the Lord if you don't mind. But he built an altar, it tells us twice. And one thing about a call of God, we've got to have an altar in our life. Because this old flesh is going to rise up. It's going to resist. It's going to question. It's going to doubt. It's going to want to revert back to its old nature. But that altar says, this is a place I die out to the flesh. This is the place I abandon my agenda and my opinions and my own personal plans. And this is the place I give it all to God and say, God, you're in control of our life. God, and we're going to trust you with whatever you got. God, I know you've got a plan. Oh, praise God. Think about it. Jacob, it was, he wasn't a young man at this point. He was an adult, had children, had family. And God called him to go back to Bethel. Now, there was a call of God on his life since before he was born. There was prophecy had went forth about his life. But Jacob's just living out his life. He's being a supplanter. He's being the deceiver. He's getting birthrights. Come on, he's getting blessings. He, he's, he's doing everything he can to manipulate things the way he wants to prosper. But it doesn't get him where God wants him to be. And so God allows Esau to come into his life, the avenger. And God gets him to a place, he stops and begins to evaluate life and the reality of danger. And he realized, wait a minute. This ain't getting it. I'm, I, I'm at a point I could be killed. I'm in trouble. And then he gets along with God. And God called him across that brook of Jabbok. God called him to a place to get along. He didn't understand that it was a call of God. He just knew circumstances that came into his life. And it got his attention. He didn't understand there was a voice behind it. And that God was all up in it. Can I tell somebody, there's some stuff going on in your world right now. You don't know it, but God's all up in it. God's all involved in it. God's got it all mapped out. He's just waiting for things to come to fruition and waiting for you to follow Woo, praise God and so he doesn't understand he's just in trouble sister Erickson and he's desperate but he gets along with God and it's there he realizes wait a minute I can't, I can't let go 
I can't let go right now. I'm too close. And he stood there and he wrestled with the angel to daybreak. And he said, let me go. And he said, I won't let you go until you bless me. He wasn't looking for the blessings of a birthright or the blessings of his father. He was looking for something from a supernatural God. He was looking for something, Brother Dylan, that was beyond. He wanted something not to bless him. He wanted something to change him. Hello? He said, I won't let go till you bless me. And it was there that the call of God through that circumstance began to unfold. And he said, no longer will you be called Jacob, but you're going to be called Israel. For thou hast favor with man and with God and as a prince. Amen. He says, today your life changed. It, the call of God came earlier, but he didn't understand that God was all up in that. But Jacob was never the same again. And today, years and years and years and years later, come on somebody, there's a nation called Israel today, and God's hands on Israel, and God has blessed Israel, but it hinged all the way back to a time that there was a call of God for Jacob to get along with God. And Jacob became Israel, what will you become? There's another story, and I've got too many of them probably to all bring out. But you know, when you're in that vein, you just put a thinking about everybody. It fetch in there. The Bible's full of it. We take the Bible and read from Genesis to Revelation. You're going to see a huge multitude of people that the call of God changed their entire outcome. It began one way, it ended another. Come on, Paul was a persecutor of the church, killing Christians, men, women, and children, and then he was turned around on the road to Damascus because of a call of God, and all of a sudden he, all of a sudden he went from a persecutor to a preacher of the gospel. He became a missionary to that area. He became, an, uh, if you will, like a, a leader of pastors. He would plant churches, put pastors over it. He would write letters to it. He wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else who would have ever thought that he would have became the greatest missionary of all time. Who would ever have thought that? I'm telling you, you won't imagine where God has your destiny. You cannot imagine what God wants to do in your life. I'm not just trying to help patty cake for Jesus this morning. I'm trying to drive in somebody's heart that you think life will never get any better. You think you'll never overcome your addictions. You may feel like you're never going to be anything in life, but I come to tell you, if you'll hear the call of God and you adhere to God will take you. Hallelujah, There was a woman in the Bible. Her name was Rahab. Y'all heard me preach about Rahab quite a bit. Now, Rahab was not, didn't have the best name. In fact, she had a label. She's Rahab the harlot. She's looked down on. She's judged. She has ruined her reputation. She has destroyed her life. 
by choices for whatever reasons they are. And she's going to live and she's going to die. Rahab the harlot. But that's not what God had planned for her. And can I tell you where you're at doesn't stop where God wants you to become. Come on. I preached a long time ago. God's not interested in our past, but he's very interested in our future. It doesn't matter. I mean, I know it matters for sin, but to God, it doesn't matter where we're at, what we've been doing, how long we've lived there, how terrible it might have been. God says, I'm not going to abandon my destiny in your life. And all it takes is you to hear the call of God. Now you say, well, did Rahab really didn't get a call of God? Well, we don't have it recorded in Scripture, the Lord said, Rahab. But why was it that Rahab was the only person in Jericho that the spies showed up in her house? And it wasn't their ideal for them to save her. It was all her. She asked. She didn't want to die. She said, I've heard about your God. I've heard all about him, and I don't want to die out here with the Jericho. God had begun to deal with her before they ever come marching in. When she had heard about their God, something sparked her interest. And she began to pay attention, Brother Brother McGill, to the God that they served. And when the opportunity arrived, it is by divine order that those spies showed up in her house because there was a call of God. And she responded. And she asked the right questions. And she made the right decisions. And they gave her a spool, a thread, a scarlet thread. And they told her, when they, whenever they come marching in, you take this spool of th- scarlet thread and you roll it out your window. And whoever is in this house, nothing's going to happen to them. They're going to live. But if they're not in this house, they're going to die. You know what? She was determined because there was a call of God. There's something greater than being a harlot. There's something greater of living out your life in Jericho. There's something greater for you, Rahab. And she, the Bible says she nailed that spool of thread to the casement of her window. You know what she was saying? I ain't missing this for nothing in this world. I want to preach to somebody right now. You ought to take that in your spirit and say, I'm not going to miss out on what God has for nothing in this world. Of course, she did it. Jericho, uh, Israel came in. You know the story. When they sounded the trumpets, those 66-foot walls fell to dust and crumble. That's a miracle. God crushed it in a moment. And we wonder if God can take care of our needs. Come on. It all fell to dust. But there was something phenomenal took place. There was this certain corner on that wall there were no cracks in the mortar that one corner withstood all the other come on because there was a call of God in that corner 
Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, when there's a call of God and you answer it, God will cover you. He will keep you. Everything around you may crumble, but God's going to hold you up because God said, because you answered this call, I'm going to hold you and I'm going to carry you. And she come out of it alive. And Rahab the harlot got married. Can you imagine the news? Words, Rahab's getting hard. Rahab's getting married. He must be a fool. He don't know. He must not have heard. Somebody go tell him. I mean, you can imagine the rumors going through the rumor mill. She married Salmon. And a little while later, they had a little boy. And he looked down at him and said, what are we going to name him? What about Boaz? Come on. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever heard of Boaz? Come on. And Boaz married Ruth, and they gave birth to a son. And then that son gave, had another son and then another son. And down that lineage of a great-great-grandchild was King David. Oh, come on, you can't tell me that David come from the lineage of a harlot. No, I'm going to tell you what. David come from the lineage of somebody that was called of God. No matter where they were, no matter what they had been doing, God had a plan for Rahab. The devil just tried to destroy it. Can I tell you, the devil is trying to destroy God's plan in some of your lives. He don't want God to have his way. He don't want you to become what God's called you to be. So he's going to try to lead you down a pathway of destruction. But that still don't stop God. God said, I'm going to keep calling. I'm going to keep reaching because I want you to become. I want you to become. Everything I have planned. Oh, praise God. I'm almost done. I said I wasn't going to preach long. That moment doesn't matter. Oh, praise God. Samuel. Samuel is just a young boy. He's laying in bed. And he hears a voice. Samuel. Samuel. He gets up and he walks to Eli's room. Yes, Eli, you call? No, son, I haven't called. Go on back to bed. He lays down again and a few minutes later, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel gets up again. He knows he hears somebody calling him. He walks back down to the bedroom of Eli, knocks on the door, says, yes, sir, you call? He said, no, son, I haven't called you. Just go on back to bed. Third time, he lays back down. He's probably a little bewildered about what's going on here. But, you know, Eli's not calling him. So he lays back down again, and here it comes again. Samuel. Samuel, he goes back down and he said, I know it was him this time. I knock, he knocks on that door again. He said, Mr. Eli, Mr. Priest, you call? Expect you to hear him say, yeah, I called you. I've been messing with you. Eli said, something's going on here. He said, son, go lay back down. 
if the Lord comes to and he speaks to you again, you just simply say, yes, Lord, thy servant heareth. Samuel goes, lay down. Here comes that voice again. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel had no idea what that call was going to lead to. But if you'll read the two books of Samuel in the scripture, you're going to find everything that call began the journey of what he was to become. I have more to preach, but I'm not. I would like for you, if you don't mind, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Samuel. Samuel. I don't know how many times God would have kept calling him. But I have to believe it wouldn't have stopped at three or four. God's been calling some of you for a long time. Why? Does he want to upset your apple cart? No. Does he want to ruin your life? No. There's something so precious about the call of God that we don't know what it's going to become. But God has something he wants you to become. First Peter 2, 9 through 11. I'm talking about the call of God. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath, watch this, called you out of darkness into his marvelous See, before they would go back, go back if you don't mind, before they were ever a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth praise, before any of that ever took place, Sister Deborah, there was a call. You see, the first call it's going to bring us is that call to bring us out of sin, to bring us out of darkness, darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ where eyes are open where hearts begin to live in the spiritual realm Look, I'll never forget the night I got the Holy Ghost I was a stubborn 29 year old but when I went home that night I couldn't sleep I breathed through the most clearest lungs ever in my life I felt so clean and so wonderful. I woke up the next morning and the sky was as blue as I've ever seen it. I began to drive to one of my jobs and the grass was greener than I've ever seen. There was just something different had changed. You know, I didn't understand it at the time, but I had stepped into the spiritual world. Of what God had. I want to encourage you today that God's calling you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And then He's called you to His purpose and to His plan.
every head bowed and every eye closed. God has called the call to become. Oh, I, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this house today. What will you do with a call? There's some miserable people on this earth today because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That they continue to say no to God and they continue to say no to God. And his love and his mercy kept calling and kept calling, but they drove further and further away and they live a miserable, empty, barren, life because they never answer the call can I just use this term pick up that phone and answer the call there's something special that God's got plans in your life oh. as I begin to pray over and get direction on this message and I said, Lord, I don't even really know what you're doing right now with this. I don't know the, the, the it's not all put together in my spirit right now. He's, God said, just obey me. He said, but I'm calling. There will be people in those seats that I'm calling and I'm reaching for. And they know that I've been calling and they've been resisting. But I'm going to call them. I want them to understand that what they're going through in life right now, there's a call. What they're feeling, those thoughts that are racing through their mind, those memories, those ideals, those feelings, that's a call coming into their life. And I've got something I want them to become. There's more people that have got called that never become a preacher than did come up, become a preacher. So we're not talking about that calling. We're talking just come out. Come out and follow God. That's all, Brother John Kent. That's what you did, sir. You just came out. It had been 30 years, but you heard that call, and you made that step because you didn't want to miss it, and you don't know where it's going to go and what all God's going to do, but you're following God. Come on, I'm talking about the call. The call. Why don't you pray right now? I feel an unction to speak directly to some people, but I'm hesitant. Oh, I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost right now. They're speaking to some people's lives, but oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to overstep. Uh, come on, somebody, why don't you just say, God, are you talking to me? God, are you dealing with me? God, are you quickening me? God, are you calling me to something greater than what I'm doing? God, are you calling me out of darkness to take me into your marvelous life? God, do you have a life that you have destined for me? Do you have a purpose and a plan? that you have all laid out and there's something you want me to become and God I don't want to resist it I know my flesh does but, but God I want to say yes yes
I could walk to you right now and put my hand on your head. I'm saying that not that I'm nothing. That don't always happen, I promise you. You don't ever hear me say that hardly ever. But that's how much God is illuminating what he's wanting in your world and that he's talking to you today. And when God shows me that, there is something there that is God is urgently reaching for and that he's speaking so directly into so many people's lives today that he wants you to become, but you're not releasing, you're not letting go. You haven't truly said, yes, Lord, there's too much of your world you're hanging on to. There's too many questions and wonders that you have uh, if I can do it if I'm ready for it if I'm really going to follow through if I'm really willing to do that let the Holy Ghost talk right now Lord God I pray for your spirit to knock on the doors God if you'll quicken me to go to them I'll do it but God I pray they'll hear that voice that they'll respond oh in the name of Jesus come on the call of God is going forth right now the call of God is knocking on your door the call of God <laughs>